24 minutes past eight on Tuesday, the 8th of October, 2013. My name is Garen Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you're listening to episode 62 of our Errand of Mercy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I'm feeling chilled. I'm feeling very zen. It's good. Um, you were you were angry this morning and I told you it was impossible for me to be angry. Yeah, I was angry I've, because you, for a brief moment, thought I was your wife. Well, my my like your fiance, wife, my my affianced fiance. Yeah, I I just, but I didn't send you anything saucy. I just actually she didn't send, send me a text anything about, saucy. You uh, just told me you were in a bar that looked a bit like it was out of Mass Effect. So. No, there's a there's a bar that's opened nearby me. So I now have on one side of my block of flats we have uh, that what could be either a Buddhist temple or a Nazi stronghold, and on the other side we have a new bar which is opened. Uh, which could not be more obviously attempting to bait the student population of um, of Leamington Spa any more than it already is, because its name is literally the undergraduate. <laughs> it is a, a pub converted into a trendy bar called the undergraduate. That's yeah, I don't know. That's an awful name for a pub. It's or pretty bar. pared down, isn't it? Mm. Like I mean. I'm just thinking of other sort of university-themed bars, and like obviously Manchester's got the Thirsty Scholar, which is yeah. kind of, it's all right. I mean, it's not a great pub, but it's no. an all right name for a student pub, isn't it? Yeah. The undergraduate's a bit on the nose. It isn't is, it? isn't it? It's a little bit, it's a little bit too much. It's got like a sign that's obviously been designed by a very expensive graphic designer with like the the letters U and G like on two different sides of a cube you know what i'm talking oh, about no that sucks yeah it's pretty I li- pretentious i like my pub signs to be like a picture of some guy's face or yeah something, yeah like you know? an actual pub sign yeah I, I i like a pub sign to be a man holding up a tankard of beer beer which he is about to quaff you know <laughs> maybe like maybe that. giving you a knowing look yeah yeah he's kind of like jolly but knowing yeah yeah, that that that's the kind of person you want on your yeah. picture. But no, this is a cool, clinical-looking bar, which I may go to at some point. Yeah, um, I imagine it's probably all right. <laughs> it has like a um, they have instead of a chandelier, they have like a like 
over the dance floor, they have what appears to be just a number of fiber optic cables hanging out of the ceiling that have like multicolored light that go through them. Yeah, I know those things. Yeah, yeah, it's all like very... those fiber optic Christmas trees, but on a yeah. roof. Yeah, and and with delusions of grandeur. So I think it will suit students quite well. I think. So that's what's happening in Leamington. Well, now let's look at what's happening in the world. With news, Simon, that robots have been created, autonomous, murderous robots this week. Which now, sounds know, like a joke, but that's literally what they are, isn't it? That's Yeah, uh, that's, there's no other word. That's exactly how they should be described, because that's what they are. Um, we spoke before about, um, I mean, this was about a year ago, about robot jellyfish that have been yep. invented. This is a jellyfish killing robot <laughs> so i'm getting there's a bit of an arms race going on here um the uh, south korean government's apparently uh, very annoyed about the number of jellyfish that are currently in their waters um it's a big issue in the seas of sort of east asia yeah big blooms of them come up uh, like at certain seasons don't they, they have real because it's, with them. basically it's of all the pollution from china exactly and apparently it's causing about 300 million US dollars in damages and losses to fisheries every year on top of uh, damage to seaside power plants and other ocean infrastructure sites. That's a lot of jellyfish then, isn't it? It's quite a lot of jellyfish they're That's... talking about. I can understand why you've specifically designed a an autonomous robot to kill them. Yeah, then. so um, the... Uh, Korean Advanced Institute of Science and Technology has built an autonomous robot that uh, swims around uh, the coastal waters of Korea on its own. Um, and I mean, it's a fairly simple thing. It's essentially a uh, it, what would appear to be a radio mask of a, of a solar panel, and then below the waterline, uh, a big fan covered in piano wire. <laughs> And that <laughs> works its way through some jellyfish. Like a jellyfish threshing machine, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And they just dump dump a bunch of those in the water and then just leave them to do their murderous business. So they so so why do these things why can't they just like control them from a ship? Why do they have to be thinking thinking, plotting, scheming, hating robots? I think that they're just lazy. <laughs> They just nobody nobody wants to actually have to control the the jellyfish yeah. lawnmowers. They want to just leave them to do their own business. Well, I mean, it's um, it's a sort of it's a fairly monotonous task. Apparently, uh, the the robots can uh, harvest as much as nine hundred kilograms of jellyfish an hour, which Fucking is a hell. lot of jellyfish. Yeah, like we're not like we're not dealing with a couple of like the the, the jellyfish that wash up. Like on 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 beaches in England, are we? We're dealing with like an apoc a a, a jellyfish apocalypse is yeah, what we're but, looking at here. Oh yeah, apparently these robots are killing. So that's approximately six thousand jellyfish an hour. Okay. These robots are killing genocide bots. Yeah, these murderous autonomous genocide bots, which yeah. I'm sure will eventually wipe out the jellyfish and then becoming bored will like, need to now? sake their bloodlust on humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I can scary. see it going, really. It's the only way you can see it see it happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because be you know what? So are these thinking machines, or do they just have a set of parameters? Because I'm not uh, sure how I feel about that. That they have a set of parameters which are see jellyfish, murder jellyfish, celebrate, find more jellyfish to murder. <laughs> when they when they kill the jellyfish, they do like a little victory dance. <laughs> They like they lift all the piano wires out of the um, out of the sea and spin around and flail them and they yeah, they exactly. carry on. Um, and then you know they they tell each other tales of the jellyfish they have brutally slaughtered, <laughs> like like Viking like Viking marauders of old. Exactly like that. Yeah. Um, what are these they, robots called? Because I imagine that you give something like that a pretty cool name. Do they have names? They don't have individual names. Um, they have an acronym, which is GEROS, which stands for the Jellyfish Elimination Robotics Swarm. <laughs> Just, that could not be a more perfect answer to my question. I'm sorry. <laughs> it has the words Eliminating Robotics Swarm in it. 
<laughs> well, it's like a fucking like something that you deploy in, in Black Ops Two. <laughs> like you get a, a, a ten a ten person kill streak, and then a voice says Jeros online, <laughs> and then you press a button, and it just starts firing these robots at people. Yeah, it's like a UAV, but it kills jellyfish. <laughs> A jellyfish UAV. I mean, also, it is quite a lot like a UAV. So. It is a UAV. It's a Reaper yeah. drone, for je- drone for jellyfish. That's what yeah, it does. Yeah. I'd like, um, it's kind of cool. I'm kind of behind the Jeros. Yeah, because as you know, I mean, I, I don't like jellyfish because they're, yeah. they're weird, weird animals. They're so. weird proto-things. Yeah, they're not really animals, but they kind of are. So, you know, any yeah. autonomous robot murder system that seeks to destroy them is surely our ally. But it could I be mean, the beginning of the singularity. What, what if, what if, for example, like one of them accidentally kills an octopus and it destabilizes our fragile alliance that we have with the octopus hegemony? I was just thinking have? this. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but on the other hand. I don't know. What, oh, geez! What if they form an alliance with the rock monsters? Simon? Exactly, <laughs> because okay. that's what the rock the rock monsters at the moment are. They're they're in the they're deep in the sea. But what if some kind of like like autonomously logically thinking robotic vector gets them onto land? Then we're in trouble. Then we are in trouble. It could happen. Yeah. What do we do when the robot mon the rock monsters? Join with the eliminating robotic swarm, Simon. <laughs> Just like what then? What what happens when the Jeros becomes a Heros? <laughs> Such a good name for a robot, like a robot death machine, because it kind of sounds like Janus as well. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, like yeah, like to be honest, the guy uh, Hyun Myung, who is the inventor of these things, is obviously doing it very much right. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, like he, I can imagine he probably spent as much time on the anacronym as he did designing the actual robot. It's like I've got to make it sound cool. Its its name has got to sound cool when you say it, and also when you say the anacronym. Acronym. Acronym. The 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 acronym, whatever. An acronym. <laughs> when you say an acronym of it, <laughs> then it's got to sound cool. I might change yeah. my name to Jeros. I might name my firstborn son Jeros. <laughs> Jeros Payne. <laughs> Fucking hell! That's amazing. Yeah, you should do that. What's the name uh, of your son? What's this cute cute kid? What's his name? Oh, his name is Jellyfish. His name is what? What was it? Jellyfish Elimination Robotic Swarm. That's the name Pain. of my son. He's a good kid. Yeah. He 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 is now the ruler of the of the jellyfish elimination robotic swarm. He is their new king. He's like wired into it. Like <laughs> like some kind of hive mind consciousness. Yeah. That's it's, your yeah. son. What we're dealing yeah, yeah, that's 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 my son. I'm proud of him. You know, it's a dirty job. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to save us from the jellyfish. <laughs> so I think that 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 this this week we can say Jeros Jeros is in and jellyfish are out. That's yeah, it. definitely. We're winning. <laughs> but you know that like like jellyfish are basically nano machines. So yeah, we got to watch out because they could start they could start working on some tech of their own. I I'm, I don't you see this is the thing I can see is I can see a situation where the jellyfish start hacking into Jeros. Yeah, you know. I think that could happen, especially South Korean jellyfish. You know, yeah, yeah. Discussed, South the... Koreans are really clued, clued into their tech. <laughs> how do we know? How do we know how clued in their jellyfish are? We don't. But, you know, is it worth risking this? It's amazing that, like, in the year 2013, we are we have built robots specifically to hunt and kill organisms made out of nano machines. That's something that's actually happening. <laughs> are we living in the future? Yeah, we are. We're living in 2013. It's the future. Hello. No, no, it's like we're actually living in the future 80s, though. That sounds like something that, like, that's the catalyst for a war that starts that wipes out half of humanity. And the only people who are left are people with, like, road warrior armor and terrible mohawks. This does actually, this whole story sounds like. You know, not the main part of the story, but just like the headline, like you would have heard like on a TV in RoboCop. You know what I yeah, mean? Like some yeah. guys watching TV in a scene of RoboCop and they talk about this story. 
You know it what I mean? It sounds like that, or it sounds like like you you go to see a science fiction movie and it starts with like this story and the music goes and then like Ron Perlman, yeah, and then Ron Perlman goes. It started with the jellyfish. We built them to control them. And then the words Jeros online come up in like green blinking script. And then it goes. Yeah, that's it. Maybe we're on the edge of we're on the edge of the singularity. Might be. If that's the case, I I for one welcome our robot overlords. I'm gonna get me some cyber arms. Yeah, that does sound good. Yeah, they sound so much more useful than regular arms. You just gotta tell. You make sure you're on the right side of that when that happens. Yeah, you gotta make sure that that you're on the right side. Of the right side of the robot singularity, where we using cybernetics become fused with the octopuses. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> you gotta make sure that you're on the right side. Of Join the forthcoming us. Homo Robo octopus species, <laughs> we come in peace. There is no other way. Ours is the only way. Do you want to talk about more science news? Yeah, yeah, I um, do. Tell me more about a, science. I have another horrifying science story with news that apparently baby mice release a chemical in their tears. Okay. To okay. Ward off <laughs> Why are we making baby mice? mice? Okay, just... I got as far as baby mice and having chemicals in their tears. Why are we making baby mice cry? So that they can defend themselves against paedophile mice. What? What? So you're telling me that the the tears of child mice repel paedophile mice? Yes, that's... That's exactly it. I mean, there's basically nothing else to this story. <laughs> Fucking apparently, Harvard University got some paedophile, just like they did. They did mice <laughs> to catch a predator, <laughs> and they got the mice from that sh- that, that, that that kind of came to the house, and they put them in a in a cage with some baby mice, and then they made the baby mice cry, and then the paedophile mice weren't weren't into it anymore. This is like fucking. This is like Japan during World War Two levels of weird science cruelty. <laughs> what like? Why do we need to know this? <laughs> what like you're gonna be like 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 that's applicable to humans? And you'll be like the pedophiles are coming. Quick, get the tiny vials of child tears that we've milked <laughs> from weeping children. Take that and you like throw it at the pedophile and it smashes all over him and he goes. Ah! <laughs> they're like vampires right they're like vampires yeah, pedophiles are very similar to vampires I've read that in the sun it's probably true um, <laughs> they can't see their own reflections and they can be destroyed by the tears of baby mice I just the thing that I the worst thing I'm, about this though is like you know being somebody who, who did science at university I know that they must have had control groups where they just put paedophile mice in a cage with child mice Oh my god, like, you're right. And we're just like uh, control group B. Uh 95% of nascent mice raped. Control group C, uh 96% of mice raped. Somebody has done that. Somebody's watched those cages and been like no, that's they had, uh, to, no, that... they had to prove that the mice were paedophile mice. This is yeah. the thing. This is the situation we're in. Like at some point, they had to be like, "Does this? Does this mice? Is it? Is it a ped? Is it a ped? Is this? A, is this? A, is a mice or a ped mice? <laughs> only one way to find out, and there is only one way to find out. That's I that's not cool. I don't think they, that really they logged furthers... the mice into an AOL chat room and then told them that the mice on the other end was a twelve-year-old female mouse from California. <laughs> you said you wanted to squeak her squeak, but they didn't do that. They just put them in a cage with them because science, I guess. guess. You know, this is uh, it's a lot of Nobel prizes been handed out over the last couple of weeks. Don't think anybody working on this project is going to get a Nobel Prize prize. The thing is, yeah, no, they're not going to get a Nobel Prize and they're not going to get an Ig Nobel Prize either because it's too weird and gross. It is. Like, the Ig Nobel Prize is for, like, things that are kind of funny. This isn't, yeah. like, 
There should be. We should make our own version. The Errand of Mercy Crimes Against Science Prize. Yeah. Where like if you've done something that is just too weird and fucked up, like like not like oh you wanted to know what pressure penguins poo at. That's kind of novel and weird. Ha! Ah, have an ignoble prize. No, you weird fuck up. You wanted to put like baby mice and paedophile mice in a cage and watch them fuck. That's what you did today. What did you do at the office today, honey? Oh, I just uh, just forced paedophile mice to rape child mice. But it's fine. Ethically, it's fine because ethically, that's cool. ethically yeah. they're not humans. Yeah, how did this get funding? <laughs> I don't know. How was there enough funding that someone's like, mm, yes. <laughs> the only way this can be applied to the real world is to cover our children in the tears of baby mice. We have Poor to collect, children. we have to force thousands of baby mice to cry and then cover our children in their tears to protect them from paedophiles. Oh, Jesus, imagine the farms. It'd be like the bit in The Matrix. No, it'd be like that bit in Abe's, Abe's Exodus. Remember that terrifying game that they made in the 90s? Yeah, do you remember that terrifying game that for some reason was always... You know how, like, there was always sort of... In, in like, the after school club, there was a PlayStation, and it had Abe's Odyssey. And do you remember that? And you were like, why does it have this one game? <laughs> There's only one game. There's only one game it has, and it's this terrifying kind of, like, pastiche of, of, of capitalist capitalist industrial complexes yeah we're just trying to teach the kids how dangerous that is through the medium of terrifying surrealism so it's either mice tears but if that if mouse t- baby mouse tears works on paedophile mice maybe maybe only the tears of children would work on actual paedophiles i just don't think it's really applicable on a larger scale so bob geldof says we're all going to die <laughs> you know in more horrifying news yeah, um, do you remember Bob Geldof, the uh, the man who's going to space? Bob, Bob Geldof. Geldof going to space. You know, how's that um, Kickstarter coming? <laughs> Gee, yeah. the one we were going to set up to send Eamon Holmes first. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We need to get him into space because, according to Bob Geldof, everyone on Earth is going to die by twenty thirty. Why? We've got, we've got seventeen years left, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then Bob Geldof is going to kill us all. Has he finally lost it? Is that uh, it? Addressing a uh, a youth summit in uh, in Johannesburg. That's a uh, weird concept. Yeah, uh, 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 basically a, a, a summit of all the brightest young people in the world. You know, young children, teens, hopeful for the future. They got the famous... <laughs> terrible pop star and humanitarian Bob Geldof to lift their spirits and kind of like tell them the exciting things that were going to happen. And he told them that they were all going to die. Um, He said, the world can decide in a fit of madness to kill itself. Sometimes progress is not possible. There will be a mass extinction event that could happen on your watch. The signs of it, it will happen soon. Maybe that's why he's going to space. Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah, he says that apparently, like, either the um, environment's going to fail or someone will start World War Three, and everyone will die. Which, I mean, I guess could happen, but, but I don't really want to hear it with... from Bob Geldof. <laughs> Yeah, and he's not. Like, he's hardly been pet. He'd been like lauded as the twenty first century Nostradamus, has he? Not really. No. I. I don't know. Maybe if Bono said it, I could have accepted it. Bob <laughs> Geldof. Because it's not like it, it's a big. If you're going to start with the prophecies, that's a pretty advanced one to tackle to begin with. Most people like start with like like pre- like predicting the weather or. <clears throat> Or like economic slumps and that kind of thing. You don't just start with the apocalypse and work backwards. Where are you going to go from there? Well, most people do, but but Bob Geldof has gazed into the future. Bob Geldof has seen the dark heart of humanity. (laughs) He's just been like, fuck it, I'm going to space. (laughs) Fuck all (laughs) y'all. I'm going to the moon. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Geldof, do you have any comments for the press before you brought this rocket to space? Fuck all y'all! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Geldof. Bob Geldof escaping Earth 
and leaving us to our terrible fate. I Who's guess. he got into space with again? A Victoria's Secret model and who? And Armin van Buren. <laughs> They're going to start the new human race. Bob Geldof, Armin van Buren and a Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> oh my God, you can make it up. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I hope that's probably what he's doing, isn't it? That's his yeah. new world order, new moon order. Yeah, it's the last hope for humanity, the colony ship going off to... Do you remember the video game Alpha Centauri? Yeah, Simon? I was thinking more Hitchhiker's you know, Guide to the Galaxy. Where, oh, right, like, okay. Now, you see, I was thinking, you know, as in Alpha Centauri, when they send the world's like greatest thinkers and philosophers off to colonise a new planet. Yeah. We, on the other hand, in the real world, send Bob Geldof, Armin van Buren, and a Victoria's Secret model. They are the last hope. They're the only ones who can save our dying race. I think we're fucked then, aren't we? (laughs) We're kind of fucked. Well, you know, we've still got time. Better better keep researching paedophile mice. Yeah, yeah. better keep on wasting our science time on on finding what exact concentration of baby mouse tears makes paedophile mice cry. No, no, it makes them run away. Makes them they run, run away. away. Does it repel them? Yeah, it repels them. They are repelled by the tears of their young victims. By the fruits of their the dark fruits of their own sins. Well, that's <laughs> probably true. I don't think yeah. that's necessarily like reliant on a chemical in the tears of children, though. I think that just happens. Yeah, I would hope so. Anyway, it's got a bit dark this episode, episode sixty-two. Yeah. Um, I want to... Episode 62, paedophile mice and Bob Geldof predicting the end of the world. <laughs> hey, at least we're defeating the jellyfish. That's fine. If we if we beat the jellyfish, maybe that's the that will tip the scales. Maybe if we kill enough jellyfish, Bob Geldof will come out next week and he'll be like, change my mind, there's less jellyfish now, so it's all fine. Yeah, now the only problem is peed mice. <laughs> Just peed mice. We've got to find a way to stop them. They're ravaging they're ravaging our mouse population, I guess. No, that makes no sense. Leave the mice alone. They've had enough... Science has had enough fun with mice over the years. Must we force this upon them as well? No one needed this. No one needed to know. I didn't need to know. Um, Puts on red a, wall in a whole new perspective. It does, doesn't it? Fuck. <laughs> it's the, that, deleted, that deleted chapter from Red Wall... <laughs> Where they, where it's like the rape of Nankin, but yeah. with with tiny talking woodland animals. Yeah, it's when they defeat another animal, little woodland animal town, and then, and then uh, in their barbaric fury, uh, turn to rape and pillage. Red Bull you know, was fucking awesome. It was really good. It was. If anybody has any kids who listens to this show, um, first of all, put them to bed. This isn't really an episode for them. It's not and really for them. <laughs> in fact, pause this and then find a copy of Redwall somewhere on the internet and then buy it because, you know, don't be a dickhead. And and read it to your children and, and you will not be sad. And then they'll, they'll fall to sleep and you can carry on listening to the show. It yeah. doesn't really matter. According to Bob Dick Geldof, they'll be dead soon anyway. <laughs> Well, I hope not because I've finally found a um, I found finally found a device that makes me feel better out bringing up children in the internet world. G. Okay, is um, it not a computer? <laughs> it's not a computer. No, um, I bought a Wii U this um, this week. Me and my um, fiance, we split the price of a Wii U. Were, were um, you were you turned by the uh, by the adverts featuring? Is it Rufus Hound? Uh, no, it was. Um, it's actually because there's a, a um, special edition that comes bundled with Wind Waker HD, the Zelda game on it. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and it's amazing. It looks beautiful. But I'm not just going to talk about how, like, oh, consoles, they're cool. Because, you know, this isn't that podcast. That podcast is available everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and it's made by basically everyone. So if that's yeah. what you'd like, there are other it's- good ones. It's made by some dickhead in a fedora who talks too fast. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know that guy? Yeah, you know that guy? Oh, we all stopped watching that guy a while ago, bless him. (laughs) He's still going, though. Is he still going? Yeah, still keeps on making those videos like a crazy uncle. (laughs) Hey, Uncle Yahtzee, you still keep on making those videos, don't you? Yep, still relevant, guys. Yeah, but we're all kind of doing that for free now. And we're not on like a we're not on a, a website which is so far up its own arse it can see daylight. 
Um, anyway, I bought a Wii U, and it does a lot of cool things. It's got like a controller with a screen in it, which um, which does fun stuff. I've got a game called Zombie U, and the controller is like a like a, a survival pad thing that has a map on it, and you can hold a button on it and then hold it up and move it around to scan things in the world. So it's like you're actually there. It's kind of cool. Okay. That's um, kind of interesting. I mean, the in- thing is, like, for the longest time, I thought that was the Wii U, and you just like plugged it into your Wii. No, the Wii U's like got the same power. It's it's more powerful than an Xbox 360. Yeah, I mean, they did a really good, bad job of like selling that whole console. Yeah, because <laughs> like because um, Nintendo pretty good with the game ideas, not so great with the marketing. Uh, whereas everybody else seems to have the opposite problem. Um, <laughs> Whereas they hold massive, like you know, massive events for all of their shareholders in the press, and they show you five different shooters, which are actually the same shooter but with a different p- color palette. Yeah. Um, anyway, like I said, we're not that podcast. Um, <laughs> that podcast is available elsewhere. Please find it. What I actually wanted to talk about is it's got this little, um, this little app on it called um, called Meverse, and um, a me is is like a little avatar you create. It's kind of like they look like little wooden dolls of people with painted faces, and it's not that it's not creepy like that. It's like actually quite charming. You can make a a small version of yourself, or you can do what I did um, and hold up the uh, Wiimote, which has the new one with the screen in it, which has a camera in it, and it scans your face and then makes a me of you, which is very unflattering. Um, <laughs> and. Um, Apparently, I've had to keep it because my fiance thinks it's hilarious, but I don't really like my one that much. Um, okay, so it, don't do that if you get don't a do Wii that. U. Just design an idealized version of yourself because it's what everybody else does. Mm. Um, and it's and then that character is like your avatar in the console, like, and there's just like cute little stuff. Like if you're on the internet on the console, your your bookmarks isn't like a bookmark thing. It's your me with a notepad, and when you press it your me starts writing the website in a notepad and then closes the notepad and tucks it behind it. That's kind of cute. Yeah, it's just got little cute flourishes on it. But the coolest thing about it is there's this thing called the Meverse, which is like it's connected to the internet. So it takes your me and it puts it in the middle of like a big room. So there's like this big, vast kind of plateau. And there's loads of little signs with pictures from different games. So like the Wind Waker one has the head of the boat from the Wind Waker. The YouTube one has the YouTube logo. And based on the amount of time that you spend using those things, your me then walks into a group and you can see what people are talking about in it. And I was looking at the Wind Waker one because it's what Nicole's been using it for the the most time. And... People are like, oh, I'm stuck on this thing on, on Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And then somebody else who's on the Miiverse in that group is basically stood next to them virtually, but is actually probably on the other side of the world. And it's like, oh, you do it like this, do this, da la 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 And then I did it like this, and that worked really well. And they're like, oh, thank you. That's really nice of you. No problem. You ever have any, have any other issues? Just uh, give me a shout. And that was an actual interchange that I saw take place on the internet. Um, on the internet yeah but like on the nintendo internet yeah it's the internet it's like a massive forum but you can see little versions of people and then people like share pictures and videos of themselves and um playing the game like you can take pictures in game on legend of zelda wind waker and then you can put them into a bottle with a message and then you put it in the sea and legend of zelda wind waker is like a sailing game you like explore uncharted areas of the ocean and stuff and build a map of things so there's a lot of like kind of nautical stuff and one of the things it does now is you put your message in a bottle and you send it off into the sea and then it goes into the internet and randomly gets put into somebody else's game who's also playing wind waker at that point and drifts near them while they're playing and they pick up the message in the bottle from the water and it says oh i did this in wind waker here's a picture of me having fun and your name on it, and then they can find you and go, oh, I like that picture, that was cool. That's amazing! That's like the coolest thing! On the internet. Yeah, but that's so cool! I know. You're in the game and you drop a bottle and someone else playing the same game picks up your... That's crazy cool! 
And as more people play it, there's loads of them. If you're playing midday on a weekend, like we were this weekend, you'll come out of a room, of a building, and there'll be like five or six little messages that have washed up on the beach near you. And while you're sailing around, they'll just be floating around in the water. And then at night time, it gets a bit quieter because less people are doing yeah. it. And people, and you also have the opportunity to um, to take selfies of yourself. You can flip the camera around, and then it shows Link holding the camera at arm's length. And you can, like, and people do stuff like there's 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 like a contest that started on Meverse to get the most ridiculous selfie, like people taking pictures of themselves in front of bosses as they're about to kill them, and that kind of thing. Um, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, this is really cool because. I've seen no drawings of dicks, no mm. insults, not a single swear word, because it's obviously quite well policed, but it doesn't feel like it's policed. It's just lots of people being reasonably nice to each other. Because, you know, you've spent 250 quid on a console. You're not going to lose your right to use the online privileges of it by being a dick at that point, like you can in, for example, Call of Duty. Yeah. So... It's like it fosters this kind of weird version of the internet where everybody's pretty nice to each other. And I'm looking forward now to, you know, if I ever have a son or daughter, I can go, here's this thing on the Wii U. You know the Meverse? Mm. Yes, I do, Daddy. Well, that's the internet. What's the internet? Well, it's like this. There's lots of people and they talk about things. Everybody can can communicate with each other wherever they are in the world. Um and, you know, you can break that concept into them without them having to go to it. Um, so it's like my first internet. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So And, and it break, and, and they get it, the idea of an internet as a nice place where people yeah. should be nice to each other. Yeah, as and opposed they, to a place to go and go and tell people to commit suicide, where which is what children seem to think of the internet now. So, yeah, no, that's a, that's, that sounds really nice. I like the sound of this idea. So... In making a trying to make a games console, it seems like Nintendo have accidentally made a, a teaching tool f- to teach young children what the internet is and how to use it. Good on them. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> they should really publicise shit. Like, I didn't know that Nintendos did that. That sounds really cool. Like, yeah. everything you just said, I'm like, that sounds really cool. That sounds like what I wanted the internet to be when the internet first started. Exactly. So, like, I was doing some cleaning and putting some washing out today, and I just had the Meverse on for about an hour, just watching people chatting about games. People were like, oh, I've done this. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I just draw this. There's, a, there's an artistic community as well, because you can use it as a drawing tablet. People, like, put up their pictures, and you can see them appear above them with a little comment next to them. That's really cool. That area of the Meavers should play the music from uh, the art gallery If you don't know that, by the way, just look at the fan art gallery on our Facebook page. And yeah. that is the description. <laughs> is that music? <laughs> you should check it out. So, yeah, yeah. Um, good work, Nintendo. You made You accidentally made a useful teaching tool for children. But no, he's going to buy it, and I'm pretty pretty sure it's not going to be around next year. So, you know, you did your best. Buy a Wii U if you have kids and you want to teach them about the internet, but you don't know how. It will do it for you, and that's fine. <laughs> that's all you need. That's my parenting tips. Those are parenting tips from me, a, um, a 24-year-old man who's never had any children. Uh, <laughs> take, so take that with a pinch of salt, I guess. You know, speaking of parenting and stuff, um, I kind of wanted to talk about my dad. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark Payne. Because I was very angry yesterday, and um, and my dad made me feel better. He didn't actually say anything or do anything um, directly at me, but um, I saw the trailer for Ender's Game yesterday, G. All right, you know, did you go Ender's to the cinema Game? or something? Or? No, it was on TV. It just came on oh. TV while I was watching my stories. And have you, have you read Ender's Game? Um, no. I mean, this is one of those weird things. It seems like the sort of book... I would have read. Like it seems, I mean, my, I had a lot of science fiction books when I was younger. Like my dad really likes sort of science fiction, so yeah. I've read lots of Isaac Asimov and stuff. But never, never, never end this game. I've kind of got a vague idea what it is. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a rubbish version of Starship Troopers, right? No, it's no, but that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Starship Troopers. Okay, it's, it's about the use of of propaganda to indoctrinate and and of 
propaganda and computer games to indo- indoctrinate children to believing that something that's not necessarily their enemy is actually their enemy. And it also predicts the internet in 1978 or whenever it came out and how and how much of a force that will be in our in our world. That's um, pretty clever. Yeah, it's it's probably the best a science fiction novel can be if you want it to be like a kind of a this is a serious science fiction novel that kind of predicts how we're going to live in the future as opposed to the kind of science fiction novel I actually like to read, which is this is a science fiction novel about space marines and demons. Yeah, like you, you really like that Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, so, I, I still really like Isaac Asimov books about like autistic people and their autistic robots. Yeah, yeah. That is, it's essentially that story. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it for anyone because I don't want to spoil any of the things that make it good. But if you like science fiction or just want to read one science fiction book in your life, it should be Ender's Game. And, or, uh, ju- or just, just actually like... read a lot of books. That's yeah. probably a better idea. Yeah. But don't just pick. If you only have to read, if you feel like you only have to read one science fiction novel, you're an idiot, and you probably read some more books. Yeah, read a whole bunch of books. The Errand yeah. of Mercy says, "Hey kids, buy a Wii U and read a whole bunch of books." Yeah. Why don't you get your library card and go to your public library and oh, read some no, books wait, yeah, for sorry. free? Um, yeah, the whole. There's not really any of those anymore, G. Well, you know why? Because people don't use them. So, yeah. you know, make the use of your libraries while you still can before the Tories take them all away for bastards. Fucking Thatcher. So my dad loves Ender's Game. He was the one who originally got me to read it. The fact that the film's coming out is kind of pissing me off. I mean, you've seen the trailers and the adverts for it, haven't you, G? Yeah, it, it, it has Harrison Ford in it, looking like Harrison Ford. Yep. Um, and some kids, because it looks like Hunger Games, essentially. Well, yeah, you said it looked like a shit version of Starship Troopers or the Hunger Games. Um, yeah. You know, the kids but, love Hunger Games. Yeah, I mean, which was legitimately quite an enjoyable movie. So. It was, yeah. yeah. I'm actually thinking, like, the second one's coming out reasonably soon. I'm thinking I might actually go to the cinema and watch that. So. I went to see Hunger Games with my dad. And yeah. we were legitimately the oldest people in the cinema. Like it was us and a bunch of teen girls. Yeah, I mean, I only went because um, because Twee said to me, I really want to go and watch The Hunger Games. And I was like, yeah, right. And then we went and watched that. And I was like, that's actually pretty good. It's like, it's it was like The Gladiator, but for kids. Yeah, yeah. Which was, it was fine. Yeah, it was, um, it was, yeah, it was a fun movie. But anyway, my dad... Um, my dad loves Ender's Game, and I was like, I was going to say something on Facebook, like, oh, this looks really shit. I reckon it's going to be really dumbed down and stupid and blah, 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 because I'm a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. That's why I have a podcast. Um, but then I was going to write something about it to somebody, and um, my fiance was like, no, don't do that. And I was like, why not? And she's like, have you seen your dad's status update recently about it? On October the 5th, so a couple of days ago, he put Ender's Game, very excited. One of my all-time favourite science fiction books is a film. And I was like, well, yeah, he's obviously excited about it. But then I thought about it some more. And, like, we're really lucky to live in a world where that shit just happens all the time. Mm. Like... If something sells well, it will probably be made into a movie and you get to experience it in a whole different medium that you wouldn't have necessarily got to experience it in before. And, you know, there are a couple of X-Men Origins Wolverines out there and the unfortunate work of Uwe Boll, but but generally turns out all right. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like, that we've got to bear in mind, like, it might be a bad film but it could be a good film in a different way than the book was. Because, like, I mean, there's always the thing, you know, kind of Blade Runner is one of your favourite films, one of my favourite films, based on the Philip K. Dick book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And there's a lot of differences. And I think at the time, there were a lot of people who were fans of the books who didn't like the movie at all. Yeah. But they're both very good in different ways. And similarly, the Paul Verhoeven classic Starship Troopers... Is is legitimately a very good film, yeah. But it's got nothing to do with Starship Troopers, the book. You know, <laughs> they're both good things in entirely different ways. So, I mean, this could be a good film, but 
even if it's not relate doesn't relate to the book that you enjoyed i mean on the other hand it could be a bad film we don't know yeah yeah it's probably i think it's gonna be a bad film but like to be honest it doesn't matter because my dad still got this like kind of it seems like he's got this kind of childlike sense of glee about the fact that a, a book that he read when he was my age or younger is going to be a film now and that's an experience that we're never going to get to have because that's yeah, always just been a thing. Yeah, we just assume that everything will become a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, we live in a world where, for fuck's sake, they're making a Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Oh, don't even <laughs> they, they are made, making a They are making a Hollywood movie based on a Twilight fanfic. We live in a world where they made a movie of Twilight and then someone wrote a fanfic of it and now they're making a movie of that. Yeah. You know, so we just assume that everything will become a movie and a video game once it's been a book, you know? Exactly, yeah. But 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 that's still kind of, that's cool. I think we need to not forget that that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, I, I if, agree with you. I think uh, it's nice to look at things with different media and through different lenses of kind of, you know, different artists. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, um, and so, I'm worried that that you know we're becoming quite negative as a as a generation and we need to kind of regain some of that some of that wide-eyed wonder at things happening because i don't think i felt that for a long while on the other hand shouldn't be making remaking robocop well yeah but that's a different <laughs> issue yeah. that's not an issue of people being like oh this is going to be shit because you can never make a movie as deep as ender's game that's an issue of creative bankruptcy like it's not necessary because the first one was fine. You don't need to revisit that movie with another movie because it's a movie with sequels already. That's a yeah. different issue. What you need to do is look at the world today and think of, like the screenwriters of Robocop, what sort of movie could I make that's science fiction that says something about the world today? But now you're like, meh, just do that one again. Just do that one again. Money, <laughs> money, 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 money. Zero effort, all the money. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Make some effort, then make some money. Even if the end result isn't necessarily to everyone's liking. That's what That's I good. say, world. I think, I, think I, I like how I brought a lot of negativity. I think you've been bringing some very positive thoughts to this show. Well, I'm feeling, I'm feeling philosophical today because I've had a day off. I'm sure that next week, if we record when I haven't had a day off, I'll be like, fuck this. Yeah, that's been next right week. Fuck. If we record next Tuesday, I will have had a day off and you won't have. So we'll switch back again. We'll switch around. Listen again next week and you can find out if that's what happens. I'll be quite interested to see. Yeah, yeah. So will I. I imagine we'll have forgotten. So it's up we to will. the listeners to remember. Yeah, but that makes it that makes it an accurate control. That's the thing. Does, we'll have yeah. totally forgotten so it won't affect our actions. I do these shows and immediately forget that I recorded them, and then sort of a few days later, Simon's like, "Oh, shows up." I'm just like, "What? What? What are you talking about? We Who's do a this podcast? guy on a podcast with you?" I thought, "Oh, it's me. It is me. Sorry, it's me again." <laughs> just like last week, and every week before that for sixty-three weeks. Yeah, and then you know, and, and for every show we've ever done for long, like last six years, or whatever. It has. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. We recorded our first episode of our, uh, the first radio show we did together was just after Barack Obama got elected. Oh shit, it was, wasn't so that it? That was November 2008. So oh, we're man. nearly coming up to five years of doing shows together. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy. Our, um, our podcast has lasted longer than a large number of, of regimes. Yeah, true. <laughs> there have been there have been regime like like empires have risen and fallen in the time it's taken for us to record record like various radio based things. Man, oh, and we still we, got all these fresh ideas, you yeah, know. Still got all these fresh ideas and this 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 kind of janky way of podcasting. I'm still recording everything by running like seven or eight different cables into a computer that can barely handle it and like crossing over all of my digital streams so I can make make it possible for me to be heard and you to be heard without me having to actually spend money on sound software. Spend money or time or effort. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I just want to turn up and say things. That's what I like to do. Yeah. That's my That's my jam. I don't want to have to like expend too much effort. 
Um, Fair enough. Speaking of which, speaking of our old times and uh, and the back when times, I've got a um, shit music for terrible people for you, Jim. Yeah, all right. Which we haven't we do, done. We do enough of these at the moment. Yeah. Well, we ha- we haven't done any for a while, actually. Yeah, we keep. Well, I don't know. Every now and then, you're like, "Oh, I've got a shit music for terrible people." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, we'll do that at some point during the show." And then we talk about Tom Clancy for forty oh, minutes. That got a little bit out of hand. I'm sorry to anybody I offended. Um, but I stand by what I said it, I because because it's see, as I said, I can't even remember what we said. So it's I said Tom Clancy has had more impact on our, on the males of our generation than Jesus. You see, I, I was trying to give you an out so you didn't repeat it. But... No, I'm going to say it at every opportunity because I want people to deal with it. I'm not pleased about it. I just think it's time we dealt with that because it's a time for taking stock of where All right. we are. Like, so, uh, what, what song have we got this week? So in in the spirit of taking stock of where we are as males, um, I have a song by Jason Derulo uh, to talk about. <laughs> Jason Derulo? Yeah. What, is he still around? Yeah, um, but but I need to uh, pronounce his name correctly, and that's Jason Derulo. So Jason Derulo has yeah. got another song for us. Uh He's um the the song is called T- Talk Dirty, but I'm kind of unhappy that um there's like a um it seems like he's trying to coin a new phrase throughout the um the kind of Talk Dirty isn't a new phrase. No, no, but that's not the phrase he's trying to coin. There's a new phrase that he's he's um trying to coin, which is get jazzy on it. <laughs> oh wow, that is it's kind of new but not new in any way it's like 2013's getting jiggy with it but that's the thing it's just getting jiggy with it but getting jazzy on it it's the same thing there's no difference but it's used in a much more sexual way g that's the thing that makes it different um, I mean, he, that was the thing, like, there, there was definitely an implied sexuality to getting jiggy with it. Like, yeah, but it was a safe kind of Will Smith. Like, Will Smith would only get jiggy with it, like, if you've been going out for, for a yeah. while. Yeah, like, it, he seems he'd like he'd be respectable. You've been to the cinema a few times. He probably met your mum and dad. Then you could get jiggy with it. Yeah. Um, he'd gone to pick you up to take you to uh, to an outdoor cinema where you drink a milkshake. And then, um, and then maybe... Like you get jiggy with it. Yeah, gentlemen get jiggy with it. Mm, Jason Derulo gets jazzy on it. Cads get jazzy on it. That's how it works. Yeah, um, gentlemen get jiggy. Cads get jazzy. Yeah, that's, that's that's. He's recorded this song with Two Chains, who is a rapper. Um, he's big at the moment, and Two Chains' rap portion of this song is filth. It's probably one of the most... This song was number one last week, I think. And really? the rap in this is just... It's pretty fucking explicit. So just prepare yourself for that later on in the song. I'm going to warn yeah. you. That. It starts oh. with Jason Derulo saying his name because it's a Jason Derulo song. Yeah, and he needs to remind us who he is because, yeah. you know, we haven't heard any of his music for the last 30 years. <laughs> he says, um, I'm that flight that you get on international... First class seat on my lap, girl, riding comfortable. Because I know when the girl them need New York to Haiti. Okay. What? I got lipstick stamps on my passport. Make it hard to leave. Why? I, I mean, I guess they're like, these aren't valid. <laughs> these aren't, uh, these aren't these valid aren't destination stamps. These are, this is a woman who's been making out with your passport. Uh I mean, it's ruined all of the security features of your passport. It was like when I put my passport through the wash and then tried to go through Skiffle Airport. How did that I work? Bet, um, it, it ended with the the guy at uh, security going, you know all of these security features? Well, there are none. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, but then he let me free because I was going to I was going to uh, a uh, a festival and I had a massive back, backpack on my back with a tent in it and he th- he he knew what the score was yeah and he was Dutch so he was cool exactly yeah he's like hey it's fine yeah he's like hey, well, no, he, he literally said he goes but I can see you're going to uh, I I'm trying to remember what the festival is Lowlands he was like, I yeah, see yeah. you're going to Lowlands so you can come through but next time you come to Holland. Make sure you have a valid passport. <laughs> what a great, like, festival amnesty. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it works. doesn't work like that in England, everyone. Yeah. Just, I don't want you to get disappointed at Heathrow. They are assholes there. 
Well, what happened was that when I came back to uh, England, I went through Bristol Airport and the people there were so bored, they didn't even bother to check my passport. That's what you want to do then, everyone. You want to come to England free, pop through Bristol, you'd be all right. Yeah, because like all the security people there are so bored, they can't be asked to check who's coming in the country. (laughs) I literally just walked past and they didn't care. It's because you look so British. And you've got that that like non-regional diction that says it's true. BBC. Like, I mean, it, I could have just spoken. They'd be like, "Yeah, no, he's definitely from some part of this country." <laughs> they should have said. They could have said, "Like, do you have your passport on you?" You just look them dead in the eyes and say, "This is the BBC," and they're like, "Oh, okay, no, sorry, my mistake. Please come through." Because <laughs> only true Englishmen can do that. That's true. Uh, so Jason Derulo's uh, chorus goes thusly been around the world don't speak the language but your booty don't need explaining all i really need to understand is when you talk dirty to me talk dirty to me talk dirty to me i'm just picturing jason derulo in a taxi in yeah. like buenos aires using just like hands using it using his hands and figurative face movements to explain a woman's booty and then he says get jazzy on it <laughs> You know the words to my songs. No, we don't, Jason. Well, no, because we haven't heard any of the songs. What's that one? We're just hearing it for the first time. And then he says, no habla inglés. Our conversations aren't long, but you know what it is. I know what the girl then want, London to Taiwan. I got lipstick stamps from my passport. passport. I think I need a new one. (laughs) Yes, you do, because you're ruining your passport. That's not what it's for. Like, I mean, if you want to keep a memorial of all the women you've had sex with around the world, fine. Just like, I don't know, buy some postcards. Yeah, don't do it with a passport. Make it, you know? You can't do it with an official document. That's not <laughs> acceptable. Yeah. This is this is why you're probably having problems with your travel arrangements. I mean, the fact that you can't apparently speak any other languages isn't helping. But his, his grasp on language, I think, could be described as hazy at best because the bridge... Yeah, I mean, that... if the only language you can speak is English, Jason Derulo, it's really surprising because like, in the first verse, didn't you say you were from Haiti? <laughs> I don't know where he's from. He might I don't be know from where Haiti. he's from, actually. I'm going to look I think he, um, he said the word Haiti because it's an easy rhyme. Oh, no, it doesn't rhyme with their thing. I don't know why no. he said that. Um, um, apparently he's from Miami, Florida. Oh, okay, there we go. He he is from Florida. <laughs> so you're telling me that Jason Derulo comes from Florida? Yeah, Jason Derulo, much like Athena came from Zeus, Jason <laughs> Derulo burst forth from the head of Florida. <laughs> also, he but he is Haitian. Haitian. Okay, well there we go. His, his actual name is Jason Joel. Desrulo. Why did he? Why didn't he go with Desrulo? Because Desrulo is cooler than Derulo. I guess because people couldn't say Desrulo. Oh, maybe not. So, uh, so the bridge that goes into the filthy rap part of the song goes goes like this, and I'm not sure what he's going for, but I don't think it's working. He says, "Uno met a friend in Reno, Dos. She was all on me, oh, Tres. We could menage a three, oh." That's not what it. That's not, not what it's called. Though, no, right? no, you've. Uh, you, it's it's menage a trois, which is fine. You could have just said that, but I guess it doesn't rhyme with me. O, <laughs> which again isn't a thing. Which, which isn't a word. That's just me with O on the end. So Why it didn't you say moi and then menage a trois? Yeah, because that would have worked. That would have worked. See, look, if we need to teach Jason Derulo how to rhyme, he's in big trouble. <laughs> uh, luckily, he's got two chains on his um, okay. on his uh, on his track. Who knows how I'm to rap? I'm looking forward to this so much. You've built it up, so this better be the most filthy thing I've ever heard in my life. It's very forthright. I'll put it that way. Dos Canades clothes are genius. Sold out arenas. You can suck my penis. <laughs> chest to chest, tongue on neck. International oral sex. Every picture I take, I pose a threat. That's that's a pretty good line, actually. Yeah. Boat or jet? What do you expect? Her pussy so good, I bought her a pet. Anyway, every day I'm trying to get it to it. Got her saved on my phone under big booty. Anyway, every day I'm trying to get it to it. Got her saved on my phone under big booty. 
It's, pussy was so good. Her pussy was so good. I bought her a new pet. Girl, I, bought, I bought her a poodle because girl, pussy that pussy's so fresh. Here's a Doberman. <laughs> I didn't know that was the way it worked. I mean, does he have to buy her? A, does he have to buy her a new animal every time he gets some? <laughs> they become like, more and well, more exotic. Pussy is still amazingly fresh. <laughs> you girl are getting a Siamese cat. <laughs> I bought you a baby yeah. Bengal tiger because yeah. that pussy's so dope. <laughs> that pussy is still so amazingly fresh. Here is a goldfish. I spent all of my money previously on the tiger. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wasn't playing the long game, but we're still cool. Yeah, I just didn't expect it to keep that fresh for this long. <laughs> yeah, so that's that song by Jason Derulo and 2 Chains. Wow, that's amazing. I I don't think enough rappers use the word penis in this I know, song. Because it kind of rhymes with genus. Genius. <laughs> genus. Penis? Genus? No, not really. Well, d- whatever. Yeah, fine. Yeah, cool. fine. Penis? Penis. <laughs> Clothes are genius. Sold out arenas. You can suck my penis. <laughs> not really. It's not really scanning two chains, but we'll take it. It's fine. It's so filthy that we'll take it. I kind of like every picture I take, I pose a threat. That's, that is amazing, actually. That's, That's the like... one redeeming feature of this of this song. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that should be our uh, that that should um if we ever start a web website, that should be underneath the uh, the title, Errand of Mercy. Every picture we take, we pose a threat. So I think we've uh, done pretty much an hour of this show. <laughs> I think we're going out on a high. I think we are going out on a high. That Big was a good shit music for terrible people, I've got to say. It's pretty, like, you know, sometimes it writes itself, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I was going to say that it's been, like, quite a lot of pop music recently. I've been like, yeah, it's all right, actually. It's kind yeah. of, like, fairly, you know, I'm just kind of, it's, it's either, like, musically okay or, like, the lyrics are just bland enough that it wouldn't be funny. But that was actually really good. So congratulations, Jason Derulo. Your music is so shit that that feature has once again become entertaining. Thank you very much for, for producing <laughs> material for us, Jason Derulo. We'll get him on the show. Just get him on the show. First he can step, just say Jason things Derulo. and we'll critique them. <laughs> we can ju- he can just give us rhymes and we'll be like, it does kind of work, but what would be better is if you did this. Can I talk to 2 Chains again? <laughs> he seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening to the show. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we have our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy or one word our twitter is at eom podcast and our email address is eom.podcast at gmail.com uh please tell a friend as ever because that's like the best way for us to increase our listenership yes indeed (laughs) and by best way i mean the only way yeah we don't spend any money on market we're like mike we're like um nintendo basically yeah, We're trying to we, save your kids from the internet, but we don't have a marketing budget. We produce an amazing product, but no one knows about it because, you know, you're, you're, you haven't bothered telling anyone yet. <laughs> Thanks for that, by the way. Jeez. Good, good work, guys. Just trying to fix things. Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back again next week uh, when I'll be in a good mood and, and Simon will be feeling like shit. So. I'm sure. And I'll, I'll hate everything. But, you know, in a, in a, in a kind of a fun-to-listen-to way, I guess. Yeah. Good night. Good night.
answer to the question. 